How lonely she is, the once crowded city. Widowed is she who was mistress over nations. The princess among the provinces has been made a toiling slave. Bitterly she weeps at night, tears upon her cheeks, with not one to console her of all her dear ones. Her friends have all betrayed her and become her enemies. Judah has fled into exile from oppression and cruel slavery. Yet where she lives among the nations, she finds no place to rest. All her persecutors come upon her where she is narrowly confined. The roads to Zion mourn for lack of pilgrims going to her feasts. All her gateways are deserted. Her priests groan. Her virgins sigh. She is in bitter grief. Welcome back to another episode of Book Blurbs, everyone. I'm your host, Kenneth. Today's episode is going to be the podcast's first doubleheader episode in a while. These two books are logical follow-ups with last episode's Book of Jeremiah, and they are both much shorter than that book, even when combined. First, I'll discuss the Book of Lamentations, and then I'll cover the Book of Baruch. The 6th century BC was a turning point in Israelite history. The destruction of the temple, the exile of the leaders, and the loss of national sovereignty signaled the end of an era. An eyewitness of this national humiliation by Babylon composed the Book of Lamentations. These five laments combine confession of sin, grief over the suffering and humiliation of Zion, submission to merited punishment, and strong faith in God's love and power to restore. The union of poignant grief and unquenchable hope reflects the constant prophetic vision of the weakness of humans and the strength of God's love. It also shows how Israel's faith in God could survive the shattering experience of national ruin. As a literary work, the Book of Lamentations is carefully constructed and structured. The first four poems are acrostics. The separate stanzas begin with successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet from the first to the last. The figure of Israel as the bride of God, familiar from the prophets, appears here again, but now she is a widow, holding on to the hope that God's chastisement will eventually give way to his infinite compassion. Now, these poems of lament are not exclusive to the book of Lamentations. Lament poems can also be found in Job and Psalms, for instance. See Psalms 10, 63, and 74 for a few examples. Lament poems were a form of protest, a way to process emotion, and a place to voice confusion. 
The word lament might carry a negative connotation when we think of it, but these lament poems were not frowned upon. Rather, they brought a sacred dignity to human suffering. Think about it. These human words of grief addressed to God have now become part of God's word to his people. So let's break down these five chapters of the book of Lamentations. Chapter one frames Zion as a widow and compares the destruction of Jerusalem to the funeral of a loved one. Chapter two focuses on God's justice. Although God is slow to anger, Israel's generations of breaking his covenant led to the invasion by Babylon. The poet accepts the need for this chastisement, but laments and asks God to show compassion to Israel again. Chapter three's voice is that of a lonely, suffering man expressing his grief as a representative of the whole people. However, I was surprised to find a handful of verses that were extremely hopeful in nature in this chapter, the most hopeful lines of the entire book. Quote, the favors of the Lord are not exhausted. His mercies are not spent. They are renewed each morning. So great is his faithfulness. My portion is the Lord, says my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Good is the Lord to one who waits for him, to the soul that seeks him. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 25. Chapter 4 contrasts how things were before the Babylonian siege compared to now. Before, children used to laugh and play in the streets, but now they beg for food. The anointed king from the line of David has now been captured and dragged away. Quote, the anointed one of the Lord, our breath of life, was caught in their snares. He in whose shadow we thought we could live on among the nations. Lamentations chapter 4 verse 20. The book ends with chapter 5, a communal prayer for God's mercy. Chapter 5 provides a list of all the people who were devastated by the fall of the city. Youths, wives, elders, princes, and ends with the sort of paradox. The Israelites recognize God as the eternal king, but they feel like he is nowhere to be found. Quote, You, O Lord, are enthroned forever. Your throne stands from age to age. Why, then, should you forget us, abandon us so long a time? Lead us back to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. Give us anew such days as we had of old. For now you have indeed rejected us, and in full measure turned your wrath against us. Lamentations chapter 5, verses 19 through 22. The book of Lamentations illustrates that grief and sorrow should not be looked down on or shamed. 
They are a part of our broken world, but in times of suffering, we can always hold on to the hope of entering God's eternal kingdom, where there will be no more sadness or pain, and God will wipe away every tear. My rating scale from best to worst is Bookshelf Worthy by Library, Sparknotes, and Pass. It's hard for me to give a less than perfect rating to a book of the Bible, but I'm going to give the Book of Lamentations the rating of by. Thankfully, this book has only five short chapters. Otherwise, the overall sentiment might have gotten too heavy and depressing. There's only really that part in chapter three where it kind of breaks up this lament, this sadness, this grief with that little section of hope um, that's kind of planted there in the middle of the book. But otherwise, you know, it can be a lot when you're kind of looking for something more uplifting. But that weightiness completely fits this period of the Babylonian exile and brings to light everything Jeremiah warned his people about. I'm going to take a short break here, but when Book Blurbs returns, I'll jump into part two of this episode, The Book of Baruch. Stay tuned. Now these are the words of the scroll which Baruch, son of Neriah, son of Mahasahiah, son of Zedekiah, son of Hasadiah, son of Hilkiah, wrote in Babylon in the fifth year on the seventh day of the month, at the time when the Chaldeans took Jerusalem and burnt it with fire. And Baruch read the words of this scroll for Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, to hear it, as well as all the people who came to the reading, the nobles, the king's sons, the elders, and the whole people, small and great alike, all who lived in Babylon by the river Sud. Welcome back to Book Blurbs, everyone. Before the break, I talked about the Book of Lamentations. Now let's move on to the Book of Baruch, which, it's important to note, is not part of the Hebrew or Protestant canon, but it is included in the Old Testament for Roman Catholics. Baruch was the well-known secretary of the prophet Jeremiah. A good way to think about the book of Baruch is to imagine a folder with two or three important documents stuck in it. There's a prayer for forgiveness, a poem in praise of wisdom, and the letter of Jeremiah against idolatry. First, the Israelites confess their guilt. Quote, Justice is with the Lord, our God, and we today are flushed with shame. We men of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem, 
that we with our kings and rulers and priests and prophets and with our fathers have sinned in the Lord's sight and disobeyed him. We have neither heeded his heeded the voice of the Lord our God, nor followed the precepts which the Lord set before us. From the time the Lord led our fathers out of the land of Egypt until the present day, we have been disobedient to the Lord our God and only too ready to disregard his voice. Baruch chapter 1 verses 15 through 19. Then the Israelites pray for deliverance. Quote, Let your anger be withdrawn from us, for we are left few in number among the nations to which you scattered us. Hear, O Lord, our prayer of supplication, and deliver us for your own sake. Grant us favor in the presence of our captors, that the whole earth may know that you are the Lord, our God, and that Israel and his descendants bear your name. O Lord, look down from your holy dwelling and take thought of us. Turn, O Lord, your ear to hear us. Baruch chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. After the praise of wisdom in chapter 3, Jerusalem bewails her captive children in chapter 4. Quote, Fear not, my people. Remember, Israel, you were sold to the nations not for your destruction. It was because you angered God that you were handed over to your foes. For you provoked your maker with sacrifices to demons, to no gods. You forsook the eternal God who nourished you, and you grieved Jerusalem who fostered you. She indeed saw coming upon you the anger of God, and she said, Hear, you neighbors of Zion, God has brought great mourning upon me, for I have seen the captivity that the eternal God brought upon my sons and daughters. With joy I fostered them, but with mourning and lament, I let them go. Let no one gloat over me, a widow, bereft of many. For the sins of my children, I am left desolate, because they turned from the law of God and did not acknowledge his statutes. In the ways of God's commandments, they did not walk, nor did they tread the dis disciplined paths of his justice. Baruch chapter 4, verses 15 through 14, uh, 5 through 14. Jerusalem then consoles her citizens. Quote, Fear not, my children. Call upon God, who will deliver you from oppression at enemy hands. I have trusted in the eternal God for your welfare, and joy has come to me from the Holy One, because of the mercy that will swiftly reach you from your eternal Savior. With mourning and lament I sent you forth, but God will give you back to me with enduring gladness and joy. As Zion's neighbors lately saw you taken captive, so shall they soon see God's salvation come to you 
with great glory and the splendor of the eternal God. Baruch chapter 4 verses 21 through 24. The book of Baruch concludes with the letter of Jeremiah against idolatry in chapter 6. This is, quote, a copy of the letter which Jeremiah sent to those who were being led captive to Babylon by the king of the Babylonians to convey to them what God had commanded him. This chapter attacks idolatry and points out how ridiculous idol worship is. Quote, Their tongues are smoothed by woodworkers. They are covered with gold and silver, but they are a fraud and cannot speak. People bring gold as to a maiden in love with ornament and furnish crowns for the heads of their gods. Then sometimes the priests take the silver and the gold from their gods and spend it on themselves or give part of it to the harlots on the terrace. They trick them out in garments like men, these gods of silver and gold and wood. But though they are wrapped in purple clothing, they are not safe from corrosion or insects. Baruch chapter 6 verses 7 through 11. And, quote, They are produced by woodworkers and goldsmiths, and they are nothing else than what these craftsmen wish them to be. Even those who produce them are not long-lived. How, then, can what they have produced be God's? Baruch chapter 6, verses 45 through 47. The book of Baruch bookends this trilogy of Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Baruch. While impressive in its earnestness, it does not feel it does feel like it restates a lot of previous teachings we've already heard from Jeremiah and some of the language you can find in the book of Lamentations. So I'm going to give the book of Baruch the rating of library. Thank you for listening to this episode of Book Blurbs. I invite you to jump onto social media and follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at BookBlurbs19. That's BookBlurbs and the number 19. You can also send an email to BookBlurbs19 at gmail.com and you can record a voice message at www.anchor.fm slash bookblurbs. Please do me a favor and leave a rating for book blurbs on whichever podcasting platform you're using to help grow the podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Book Blurbs.